WBT Production presents Horshruba, Episode 2, A Stranger in the Library, Part 1. Cass's eyes flickered, then opened. He breathed. He was alive. He began to move, eventually rising to his feet. He glanced about. There was no one else within the room, his only companions being bookshelves. A great many bookshelves. And there was a sound running water. It was slight, but consistent. Cass checked his clothing. Dry. He reached for his sword. It was gone. As his wits were fully gathered, so was his confusion. Where was he? And who had brought him here? He quickened his pace about the room. Still, he found himself alone. He wondered if he were in fact dead. If this was so, then the afterlife was a strange place. He turned his attention to one of the shelves. It was packed with scrolls which lay upon a full row of texts. Cass approached. He reached for one of the scrolls. Perhaps it would tell him what he wished to know. The moment his hand fell upon the scroll, a loud splashing rose up from behind him. He spun about and found himself face to face with an enormous serpent. Cass automatically reached for his missing blade. He looked back to the creature in time to see it lunge forward. It pushed him back, began to wrap itself around his body. He struck at it with his fist, a vain attempt to defend himself. His blows passed through the creature as if though the wind itself. No, not wind. Water. The beast was made of water. Cass had barely enough time to process his discovery when the serpent began to constrict. He could feel the pressure as if the thing were now made of flesh. What was this place? He shouted inside himself. The shadows began to engulf his vision. He continued to struggle, but his action was feeble at best. He could no longer breathe. For the second time today, he could feel death drawing near. Release! A commanding voice tore through the room. Cass fell to the ground. It took him a moment to recover himself, but when he did, he discovered the creature gone, as if it had never existed. Madness. Cass looked up as the man stepped from the darkness. He was old, but held himself like someone much younger. He wore a uniform of some kind, unfamiliar to Cass. 
It was gray except for the tunic, which displayed a red sash upon its surface. The man moved closer. Despite the pain that raged within, Cass took to his feet. He had strength enough for that at least. Who... who are you? Luca stood before the human. At first glance, he could find nothing unusual about him. No sense of magic. Just an ordinary human. Perhaps he had been... Luca. Luca? What is your name, boy? Where do you come from? Cass. I'm Cass from Huron. Cass. Is that a common name among humans? No. Where am I? Where do you think? A... a prison? Is this what prisons look like in your land? It looks like a library, but the water monsters attack in libraries. And then it appeared. A spark. It was slight, but it was there. And Luca had learned long ago not to dismiss such a thing. For a spark, if left untouched, might grow into a raging fire. And that was something Hashruba could not afford. Especially now. For now, you will stay. But when I return... He fell silent. Smiled to himself. One does not speak to a guinea pig, thought Luca. But humans, they had a tendency to cause trouble. Then movement from the side. Cast turn. A woman, young, beautiful, and her eyes. But just a fleeting glance was allowed before she was hidden behind a cascade of water. The beast had returned, this time obscuring all from his view. Do not attempt to escape. You will fail. And with that, Luca turned and went for the door. He pressed his hand against the surface. It opened, or rather, it appeared to vanish. He stepped through, the door reappearing upon his exit. Cass stared after him. This was not a man, he thought to himself. He is something more, something powerful, something dangerous. This is a prison after all. Kopala was frustrated. Why 
why do my efforts seem futile? Am I not asking the right questions? This meeting, he thought, is not going well. He took a quick glance beside him. He had always found Luca's mindset to be difficult to decipher. But for once, he could see the cracks within the facade. Coppola knew the feeling was mutual. The safety of the kingdom is at risk. The threat is real. May the king's wisdom prove its sovereignty over this matter. The infiltration of their walls by the Forgotten One had to be dealt with immediately. Hence this meeting between the three of them. But while both Coppola and Luca knew there must be complexity regarding said intrusion, the king was less inclined. Sosruko. Sosruko? Yes, Sosruko. This is his revenge against us, to see Oshruba in ruins. His brother must be behind it. This was the king's singular idea. This was despite the fact that Sosruko would have to possess the power to break through their walls, as well as the cooperation of the Forgotten Ones. Such a notion would have been far beyond precedent. If the king is certain, then he must be stopped. Sosruko was a patient man. This was the lesson learned following his attempt to gain control of Hashruba. Perhaps if it hadn't been for his sense of entitlement, the throne might have... But this was the past. It was the future that occupied his mind now. This and the desire to tear out his brother's heart while it still beat within his chest. One has to have a dream, he thought. It keeps the fire burning. Sosruko made his way through the dark forest. This is where one could find the most delicious roots. He had become quite the cook following his banishment. It was one of the many things he had learned in his time among the humans. Most were among the mundane tasks of life. But others, oh, they were of a different kind. He approached an ancient oak, drew in a deep breath, then sat down beside it. A yawn, a stretch of the arms. It had taken some time for him to learn ways around his brother's constant scrutiny. He opened his eyes. He could feel his brother's presence like some invisible weight upon him. One that could not be removed. But then, he was a patient man. A slight breeze passed through the woods. Sosruko closed his eyes, leaned back against the tree, and listened. The whispers were immediate. It was the woods, or rather the silent speech of its occupants. His connection to the Forgotten Ones, a friendship hard won. Trust had not come easily for them. Who could blame them? After all, it was his brother that had deemed them unworthy to make their home within the halls of Hashruba. He saw them as little more than beasts. Sosruko smiled. It looks as if Ego would now bring about the downfall of his brother. The whispers continued. The Arabic leader of the soccer clan. He was the one Sosruko required for his plan, a plan soon to be made known to his brother. And by then, it would be too late. By then, 
King Batras the Wise could do naught but observe as the walls of Hashruba were torn down, its occupants laid unprotected before Sosrukos. But that was the future, thought Sosruko. He smiled. He must keep his thoughts in the now, or else all might be lost. He opened his eyes, yawned once more, <sighs> then stood. Resuming his quest for roots, he continued to wander about the woods, his basket continuing to fill. He thought it would be nice to have shared a meal of his with the king, just so he could show him this one thing, the one thing he could achieve that his brother could not, adaptability. This was the way of the future, and what a beautiful future it would be. Sosruko's use of casting had been limited as he no longer had use of either artifacts or texts. And his working with the Forgotten Ones, while they did hold an intense hatred for Hashruba due to their evacuation from its walls, they had neither the wit nor the skills to assist in such an undertaking. And yet... Kopala attempted to address said issues with the king. Do you not now see, my king? Sosruko must be captured and sent to where he belongs, amongst the Rubakali. Choose your words carefully, General. No one that belongs to royalty shall join the evil ones. He's in exile, and for now he will remain thus. His response was one of frustration. Is this your wisdom speaking, my king? And for the first time, Kopala's faith in his king wavered. Only a sliver of a feeling, to be sure, but a feeling nonetheless. Indeed. It was my responsibility to keep my side upon my brother. The king approached his advisors. And in this, I have been lax. He now stood directly before them. I shall now make Sosruko my sole responsibility. It was then the meeting ended. This was, of course, the typical niceties made between a king and his subjects. But as for the issue at hand, there was no more to be discussed. Luca and Kopala walked from the chamber's entrance. Neither spoke for a time. It was Kopala who finally broke the silence. He turned to Luca, ready to speak. What do you propose? You think as I do. He nearly smiled, but the seriousness of the issue kept him in check. There is no flaw found on the foundation of the wall. It was created to withstand the mightiest of Earth's elements. As for its invisibility to the human eye, is it still intact? Of course. Hoshruba has been invisible to humans for thousands of years. And it shall remain that way for centuries to come. If you are certain of this, how then did the creature come to be within our walls? The answer to this will not be found here. But instead, beyond the wall, to the south. 
south beyond the wall, the dark forest. A logical assumption. It is the creature's origin. Therefore, the source of power enabling it to break through the wall must have originated there. We must send someone to discover their secret. Someone capable. I will go. It will be dangerous. We all have our tasks. Yours is to protect our king and our people behind the walls of Hashruba. Mine is to do so from beyond them. Their discussion was brief and far more productive than that with the king. Kopala was to visit the dark forest. As it was a forgotten one who had entered Hashruba, it was logically the only place he might find answers. However, he could not go alone. Despite his powers, he might easily find himself overpowered due to the forest's many occupants. A half dozen of trained fighters as capable with weapons as they were with magic. Luca, on the other hand, thought his talents would be best utilized with Hashruba. For all of the wizards, he was one of the most powerful. Otherwise, he would not have held the position he did. His concern was to be the reason behind the breach, a problem far more complex than one might think. Kopala could think of several reasons how this could happen. However, for any of them to have occurred seemed unlikely given the power used to maintain them, at least on the surface. And so they parted ways. Despite having a plan of action, Kopala did feel some sense of betrayal against his king. However, he also felt justified in his action, given the king's failure to heed his advice. Was it his time, thought Kopala? Such a thing was not his to contemplate. But if it was, would his daughter be ready to take his place? That was perhaps the one thing that truly frightened him. On the next episode... The Arabian soldier awoke. Immediately, a sense of confusion overtook him. He reached for his sword. He saw it, a swirling wind visible to the eye. He was not within the natural world. He remembered one of the many stories told to him by his father, creatures unnatural to this world, of fire and wind, a jinn. Amaral watched from behind his protective veil. The djinn was ruthless, brutal. Once unleashed, there was nothing he could do to stop it. Amaral held a tiny flame. It was a kingdom. A name flashed into Amaral's mind. A Persian king, Khosrow. He looked to the second. This one was Arabic. Abu Talib. 
war. How delightful. Kopala and his men entered the dark forest. No Hasrubian has entered this land before. Savages dwell in the dark forest. You are not welcome here. Do not use magic unless I give my consent. They moved deeper and deeper into the forest. It was over in less than an instant. Cass looked up to see Luca standing over him. Do you think you are dead, boy? Luca clapped his hands. All sound vanished. Luca closed his eyes. Images entered his mind. Cass's memories. A meal, five places. Cass and his father. Two more humans entered the scene, females. The first was his mother, the second female, young, near to that of Cass, beautiful, a trait prized among the humans, the sister. Luca stepped back, releasing Cass from his spell. There was something more. The girl was another piece of this puzzle. This has been Hoshruba, Episode 2, A Stranger in the Library, Part 1, created by WBT Productions, written by Brent Beebe, produced by Farouk Shah Khan, directed by Elia Rep Hernandez, sound mixer and sound editor Jeff Alvarez, sound recordist Jensen Young, sound mixer, post-sound, and sound editor for credits Sophie Huang. Narrated by Darren Johnson. Voiceover artists Nima Yazdani as Cass, Bruce Kaplan as Luca, Robin Shield as King Betraz, Jeffrey Gilbert as General Kapala, Steve Gray as Sosruko. Credits voice by Steve Gray. Stay tuned for Hoshruba, Episode 2 A Stranger in the Library, Part 2.